Do you have the tools to face the future? Welcome to African Retooled. A podcast where Chris and Martin, two African recruiters, will explore the changing world of work. Where students come to learn and gain insights into the world of work. Discover how they can continue to tool themselves with skills of the future. Where managers will explore with us how to confidently navigate the complexities of future work in order to be key disruption agents and remain competitive. Where CEOs, business owners come to understand the evolution of work allowing them to leverage on emerging roles and remain competitive and achieve their objectives. On this episode of African Retooled, and this is for leaders, please be visible. Be visible. In terms of crisis, the most important thing that a leader can do is to be visible to his team. Show up. You know, people need to be assured that there's someone who is bothering about things, who is uh, taking a lead. And that's what I've tried to, to do is just show up, make sure people know that there is someone somewhere, you know, leading. Hi, Chris, and welcome to another episode of African Retooled. Hi, Martin. Uh, well, today we are actually, uh, this is a physical distancing episode of African Retooled. And going forward, we shall be doing a lot of these. So that's why we are saying hi to each other. <laughs> How are you from from far away there? I am okay from far away here. <laughs> yes, yes. So this is going to be suddenly a very different podcast. Martin and I can't see each other. I can't um, I can't wink at him when we're saying the wrong things. So Martin, you better behave. I will try. Yeah, but um, obviously these are trying times. Um, we're not doing this out of choice. Um, obviously, we're all aware of what's been going on in the world, and uh, yeah, and so now. We find ourselves at a place where disruption has come faster than we thought. Indeed. Um, all the stuff we've been talking about uh, saying uh, jobs are going to look this way in the future. In fact, the future is actually with us now. The digital transformation uh, that has occurred in the past month has been unprecedented. People are working yeah. from home. No one yeah. is prepared. Uh, people are yeah. still grappling to find tools to do this, uh, to, to find the discipline. And even the, the, the social impact that this has had, uh, you know, you have people working from home with their kids there, so they've not set up a separate office or a separate time to be able to do this. And you have all these different interruptions. Um, no, certainly, certainly. And it's not just really, I mean, you could be at home with the kids, but there are people who are at home alone. Oh, yeah. So you can imagine what that's doing for, um, for mental health. Exactly. And, and, you know, just to speak about how uh, quickly this has happened, I, I had an opportunity to be in, in New York uh, earlier in March. Yes, in fact, you came, you came just before the borders were closed. Yeah? Exactly, exactly. And, and, you know, on that note, um, we, we have a guest later today uh, in this show that I'm very grateful for, because if it wasn't for, for him and his company, I might still be stuck in New York. Uh, but but what yeah. I, was, I was saying was that uh, while we were there in New Jersey, um, all of a sudden the, 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 the mayor of the, of the city of Hoboken uh, woke up and said, uh, no one is going to meet anyone. Everyone should stay indoors. And wow. it, was, it was a whole, um, you know, it, it's a great shift. I mean, you sleep tonight, tomorrow morning, literally, I can't go to work. And, imagine that. And so you can imagine uh, what then businesses had to do. I, I mean, that didn't really work because of how it was implemented. 
but eventually there was a lot of of shift in how people were working and it was really sudden i mean in the mon- in in a matter of hours things shifted things changed indeed indeed i mean it's 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 really truly unprecedented um one minute we were in meetings at the office planning for for different um events and and suddenly we're now at home and and, and not not going anywhere so this is truly unprecedented times like i said and what we thought um is that it would be remiss of us not to cover this period and see exactly to what extent uh this disruption is 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 affecting our lives our jobs affecting leaders affecting different industries and so what you will see in the in the next couple of episodes is us trying to to bring to well, bring leaders exactly. to the table exactly they they will hear not see proceed they will absolutely martin you're right you see this is one of the times when you could have winked at me exactly but it didn't happen so it's gone yeah anyway so we're hoping that uh, we will listen to different leaders and see how they have actually navigated through this time and po- possibly how they're planning to navigate in the future because what we're certain about is that uh, the future is not going to be the same after this exactly and uh, yeah. speaking of that then uh, today's guest is is someone very interesting so um stick close uh, listen very carefully uh, but i'll let uh, chris do his introduction because uh, chris you worked with him for a while i th- i think for this one we need drum rolls so martin once again on the show we're very fortunate today to have with us a great a great leader our guest today is alan kilavuka the current CEO of Kenya Airways an airline fondly known to many as the pride of Africa i've been very fortunate to work with alan in the past uh, while at general electric and at general electric uh, he was in charge of shared services um across africa a role that saw him um oversee huge uh, large large teams across africa prior to uh, rather after his role at GE um he took up a role with uh, Jumbojet and um he didn't stay there too long before they they discovered his gifts and gave him a role at uh, Kenya Airways as interim CEO and recently then made him step substantive CEO so martin what i've seen is that um he has managed to oversee change in times of crisis um he's been a leader who has supported large teams and and really walked with them through tough times. The airline industry is one of the, the hardest hit industries and so we're very fortunate to get the CEO of one of the largest airlines in Africa to speak to us today. So welcome Alan to the show. Thank you and thank you for your kind words. Chris. It's uh, my absolute pleasure to be uh, to have joined you today. Thank you so much. I think what's obvious Alan is that this is really a tough time for many people, many companies, many leaders. I think we were saying earlier on the show that um this is unprecedented change. It's almost a, a crisis if you like and and many people were caught off guard. How are you how are you doing? Uh we were caught off guard for sure uh as well. Yeah. So it's uh, the truth of the matter is that it's been quite tough. Yeah. all around just generally yeah. all around has been tough yeah. personally as a person uh, mm-hmm. as a leader in particular because i'm responsible for at least 4500 people across the globe right um so getting to how do you communicate that you're still connected and and you're so far in in very many ways 
And mm-hmm. how do you get them information that is relevant for them today because they're concerned about themselves today? Yeah. So it's been a little bit uh, tough. And then, of course, you have to think about the business, the business yeah. today, the business tomorrow, and the business in the future. Right. Uh, and then what do you need, actually, to get that going as well? What do you think leaders should be aware of as they navigate through this unprecedented crisis? Uh, let me pick on, on one, maybe, or two key things that I think uh, are important in this season. Mm. Uh, the first one being that if you think about, uh, there are many challenges, of course. We, I don't want to go into the challenges because there are mm. a myriad of them. Right. But as well, when you have challenges, opportunities also come along with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think the differentiator is how do you grab those opportunities? and do them quickly, decisively. Now, of course, if you do that, you might fail, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? Because then you do them quickly and you do them decisively. Uh, but, but that is what I think is important, and that is why we need an entrepreneurial uh, spirit. And by entrepreneurial, I don't mean uh, coming up with inventions and you know bright ideas and so on. I'm just thinking, just taking initiative and willing to take the risk, and then acting quickly. Right. And not being afraid that, you know, if I try, I will fail. In fact, you know, 1910, uh, U.S. President uh, Theodore Roosevelt, when he right. talked about uh, the man in the arena, mm-hmm. uh, talked about uh, how, who gets the credit. The credit uh, is given to the man who is in the arena, you know, the one whose face is, uh, I think he said, mud uh, with dust and sweat and blood, uh, right. and who tries uh, and as and tries again and again and again, uh, and then he falls short again. He 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 makes errors, right? Uh, you know, and then he says, you know, this this man, of course, he might end up uh, with triumph because of mm-hmm. high achievement, but at worst he will fail. Mm-hmm. But at least he will have failed, daring greatly, and that's a key word, daring greatly. Yeah. So I think, in my opinion, uh, if you just think of those uh, words uh, of uh, the President Roosevelt, is is really to think about uh, how you can never be too prepared for a crisis. No. But how do you take advantage of those challenges uh, that will come your way? Right. And how do you do that quickly? So in this in this case, I think the biggest skill one probably needs is agility. Mm. You know, being able to change, uh, you know, things change in a flash. Uh, today you're flying, tomorrow you're not flying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you yeah. do? Yeah. Uh, uh, so I think that for me, that's uh, what has changed. I think the biggest for me is how do we become more agile and act quickly, take advantage of uh, situations, and how do we become more entrepreneurial? Again, here I mean uh, taking initiative and taking risks. Yeah. Well, I was just reading around the, the COVID-19 and how some of the leaders have responded to to the changes of the workplace. And what I'm finding is that um, leaders who are quickly adapting, quick, quickly making decisions, these are the people who are seen to be winning today. Yeah. And Chris, I just, maybe I should mention one particular, which is in the public domain, so it's not yeah. a problem. Right. You, you know, we uh, as Kenya Airways, when we saw this crisis coming, uh, and then I did my forecast, and we could see clearly we will not be able to uh, afford a lot of our costs. Right. So we made a quick decision to tell employees, mm-hmm. um, you know, we definitely are not going to be able to afford your salaries going forward, at right. least not the full salaries. 
Mm. And so we started having discussion and engagement with them so that they could share in, uh, you know, in the, in the pay cut mm. or in the reduced cost that we were talking about. Mm. Yeah. And I think they have appreciated it. I mean, uh, we appreciate the fact that we acted very quickly. We went way ahead of time. I think we're one of the first people uh, to communicate pay cuts and do it very humanely because we didn't do any layoffs and we spread the pain, as I say, spread the pain to everybody. And today they have uh, adjusted. Of course, it's painful, but they have adjusted uh, to to the new pay. And you know, we're trying to work out on how can we alleviate the pain. How can we give them more uh, support as employees? Uh, yeah. But but the point there being, one needs to act quickly um, to help employees and also to help the company. No, I think I think the challenge that leaders face, Alan, is that in the face of a crisis, in the face of a change in the way things are being done. There's a fear that will I make the right choice? Will I make the the right move? Yeah. In fact, I like a quotation. I always make a quotation when people ask me, uh, you know, so so what, what is one thing that you want us to know about you? Uh, when my employees ask me when I do town halls and meetings and so, I say to them, and, and this is a quote. I don't let me not own this. This I actually borrowed from Barack Obama, but I, I really mm-hmm. truly believe it. Mm-hmm. He says, you know, I will always make decisions and some of them might be wrong decisions but they will always be well intentioned mm-hmm. and I will always be honest with you mm-hmm. so so that's really my mantra is I will make decisions some of them will be wrong but again it will always be in the best interest of the employees and the company and yeah. again it, it will be um, it will be honest and open yeah mm-hmm. yeah uh, you are a human at the end of the day and so one of the questions we were keen to ask you is how are you, what are some of the things that you've picked up on in this season from your friends, your family, the community around you that, that sh- sh- when we get past this, you would like to carry with you into the future? Thank you. Thank you, Chris. Uh, th- there's uh, quite a number of things, but I wanted to pick on two key things that I think might be important for others and maybe relevant as well for others. Uh, so the first is, uh, you know, yesterday... Um, I sent a note out to my, you know, I have family all around, uh, family in the Canada, in uh, in the UK, and so on. Mm-hmm. And I sent a, a note out and said, how are you guys doing? And, you know, we had conversations on uh, social media. And then I came up with the idea to say, hey, since we, in the office, I use Zoom a lot, right, to have communications mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. my business partners and so on. Mm-hmm. Why don't we do the same thing? And so we did. And, you know, it took quite a long time, you know, just to get everybody around and, some of us who are older <laughs> took some time to get online. But eventually, yeah. when you got going, um, it was quite refreshing. And it's just, you know, uh, sharing experiences and uh, getting to understand why it's important to continue uh, socializing. And yeah. that's why I've had people talk about, uh, as opposed to social distancing, it's really physical distancing because, uh, you know, you still need to socialize. So. Uh, family is important. Friends are important. Uh, that's that's the one key thing that I've learned, and that's one thing that uh, we need to carry forward into the future. Just valuing relationships around you. In fact, if you look at uh, the offices, people respect you uh, because of how you carry your relationships with people. Uh, because in the end, people are the ones who deliver. The other one that I think is also important is uh, how do you get full armed with the correct information. Right. Uh, because there's a lot of information that is coming through, right, from mm. particularly social media. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, and, and what I've seen, especially with some of my friends, is that just, you know, they, they, they take everything, a hook, line, and sinker. Uh, yeah. And we need to learn how to filter information. First of all, what's relevant, what's true, what's an opinion, what's a fact. Uh, and then if it's an opinion, do you agree or do you not agree? Uh, and then, you know, how do you verify information that comes through you? Because, you know, if you take information that is either incorrect or incomplete, what ends up happening is that, of course, you, you base your judgment, your decisions or choices yeah. Yeah. on information that is incomplete. Yeah. And I've seen that happen with uh, some of my friends, which, which you know, of course, leads to uh, leads you to a bad place. So I think it's important for us to know how to decipher information and also to read widely, not just, uh, you know, the, the little information that you have and then base our decision based on uh, proven facts and also decide what opinions that you're going to rely on. I think yeah. those are the two ones I would say I would carry on. Yeah. This is African Retooled. Prior to COVID, Africa was making great strides at opening up borders uh, to allow for, for intra-African trade. And we saw the signing of the African Continental Free Trade Area Agreement, which had, of course, with it um, a lot of... of, of um, access to markets and, of course, um, freedom of transportation, which then, of course, affected directly the aviation industry. I'd just like to understand what your thoughts might be on how we might be able to reignite this plan. Are, are there opportunities you see uh, coming out of this that can help us think more clearly about what was in this agreement and, and even in the, in the sub-agreements that came through that? It's supposed to be game changers uh, for our continent because, I mean, if you compare ourselves, of course, to, to Asia, uh, intra intracontinental trade in Asia is is, is way above it's over fifty percent. Um, mm. Europe as well is about sixty five. So in Africa, intra intra intracontinental trade is about sixteen percent, and that mm. is the, so that is why the agreement was supposed to address that right? because right. what that what I was supposed to do is to boost the local economies, uh, get them to start producing locally, get the people to start moving, uh, basically be a catalyst to economic activity across continents. Mm -hmm. Um, so of course it's a great idea. Of course it means, uh, it means well, um, because what it tries to do is to help increase capacity or resources, skill up the resources that are in those countries and, uh, you know, improve trade. So, so all that good. Uh, now here is the, here is the thing is I think that uh, and and this is just my prediction because it's going to be a slowdown. There's going to be an attempt um, to either reverse the intracontinental trade, or there's going to be uh, an attempt to uh, basically slow it down. You know, and this being because countries are recoiling. Uh, you know, they're being more protectionist uh, because of geopolitics. Uh, there's going to be less globalization, uh, mm -hmm. you know, at least uh, less than what we know today. Yeah, and that's going to happen around the world uh, because of, of what we've seen these restrictions in, in travel. Mm -hmm. uh, so, of course, that is a challenge that I see. But uh, like we said earlier, you know, challenges come with opportunities. So, for me, is uh, first of all, even if individual countries build or try and skill up or build capacities so that they become more and more self-reliant. Uh, in, in the short run, that works for those countries. But in the long run, uh, once you open up, because you have to open up anyway, you will shut down for a bit, recoil, and then I think open up. 
then those countries will have capacity to cross trade uh, across borders. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's good. I mean, I think that this uh, closing up of borders will help to build capacities in uh, different uh, countries. And then uh, with time, those countries will be able to trade across. For me, that is a uh, maybe a short to medium term issue. Mm-hmm. And in the long run, I think it works well. It works well for, 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 the, for the continent. The yeah. problem I do have, though, uh, Martin, is, mm-hmm. um, is just how we execute in Africa. Yes. You know, if I give an example of uh, in the airline industry, we have, we have a declaration that was uh, signed in 1999 called the Yamasutra Declaration for on open skies. It was called the Great uh, Intra Africa Air Traffic. Uh-huh. This, this is, remember, 1999, yeah. right? It was only in, in, in 2018 that we had the heads of state and government sign uh, the single African air transport market, yes. uh, yeah, which, were, which was basically ratifying uh, the Yamasukro Declaration of 1999. I repeat that again. Yes. It's quite a long time ago. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the issue being that even the 2018 uh, signing off mm-hmm. is, is still not being executed. Uh, there's still discussions around, uh, you know, what, advantages to some or other countries, which mm-hmm. I guess is a fair discussion. But the point is we kind of need to move quickly. Remember what we say this new world needs is going to be favorable to people who are agile and move quickly and make decisions and move. Yes. So I think even for the continental free trade area, um, once things settle down, we just kind of need to make decisions mm-hmm. and just move forward uh, as opposed to be bogged down in the many analysis. I guess that just a full-on question to that, Alan, um, we were just also reading that in today in Africa, we are served largely by some of the international airlines, or rather airlines that are not African. Is there an opportunity now, um, in spite of the recoiling of many countries globally, is there an opportunity for African countries to then emerge and serve themselves more? Uh, basically, is there an opportunity for the Kenya Airways, the Ethiopian Airlines, to, to then take over some of the Africa business? There is, we don't have an alternative but to have discussions around consolidation uh, of, of traffic in one form or another. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether it is, you call it interlining, whether it is JVs, whether it is uh, co-sharing, uh, any form of uh, consolidation, any form of kind of uh, collaboration and cooperation. We don't have alternatives. Because, you see, the traffic, and this is true for, actually, I suppose, any other business, is going to, sh- is going to shrink. Okay, mm-hmm. so we'll have very few, we'll have the demand will be constrained. And we have to share that demand. Mm-hmm. So the best way to do, to do this, is, in my opinion at least, is to collaborate. Yeah. And to see, you know, I'll use your strength to do that piece, and you use my strength to do this piece, so collectively we can survive. Because if we, if we go into price wars and uh, try and be the cost leader uh, with, 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 you know, with the compressed demand, I, I think we'll all suffer in the long run. Yeah. So I, I believe that uh, businesses within Africa, including airlines, need to collaborate more um, so that we can, uh, we can share the little kick that's there, at least for the short run. Yeah. But I believe even consolidation is important for the long run. Uh, because we know that many of the African airlines, many of the African businesses, they are not, they are not, uh, they, you know, they need to scale. They need yes. to upscale, and and that way they become more competitive, 
um, by using economies of scale to compete with uh, other airlines outside Africa. And then, of course, we kind of need to think about ourselves first. That's my belief, at least in Africa, and then try, try and build our own. Because in the end, when other countries need something, they turn to their national carriers or they turn mm-hmm. to their European carriers in this case, um, and they use those for their own purposes to yeah. grow their market, stimulate markets, uh, bring tourists, evacuate, those kinds of things. So we need mm-hmm. to be a little bit selfish in that regard. Again, sitting at the helm of a large organization such as Kenya Airways, what, what is rather obvious is that there's likely to be significant shifts in business models going forward post the pandemic. So what do you as a leader do to infuse a culture of constant uh, reinvention, constant learning, self-disruption of your teams, um, considering that, like I said, it, it is going to be different going forward. People are going to have to really look at the way they do things. Yeah, uh, that's completely correct. It's true. Uh, in, in fact, one of the things that I have said to my team is because it, it's difficult, you know, for human beings, for us, you know, we, we always uh, default to what we know. Uh, and I'm trying to explain to them that uh, uh, hopefully, I think they've got it now. It's, uh, it's a completely new world. I call it a completely new context. Mm-hmm. Uh, so don't keep falling back to the known. Try and think about, you know, what's unknown and, and try and imagine that unknown. And then let's move towards that unknown. Okay. So, so, by, and, but for you to be able to infuse, like you said, uh, that culture, people need to not be told, but to see it. You know, mm-hmm. they see you practicing it. Uh, right. And I'm, so, this, hopefully, <laughs> I'm demonstrating the behavior that I want to see. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because it's natural for human beings, you know, those of us who have children know that, that you can tell your children as much as you'd like. Uh, but what they do is they just look at what you do and they copy exactly the same thing. And mm. that's true for us also as, uh, as adults as well. Mm. So for me, I, I do a lot of reading and sharing uh, as much as I can and then challenging as well. You know, challenging, stretching people and then we don't limit uh, any ideas. One of the things that uh, we have tried to do is to, to have a complete uh, free-flowing of ideas um, if our ideas are for free. So free flowing of ideas, some of them are quite crazy. We don't shut them off. Uh, we try and incorporate them, see what can work for the time being, uh, what doesn't work. And if it doesn't, we go back to, to it as well. So we're quite okay with uh, receiving as uh, wild ideas as we possibly can mm. uh, and also allowing people to have uh, freedom of thought in terms mm. of idea generation. Yeah. On the show, we keep talking about the future of work being disrupted. Um, I think the future is here with us now and people can already see that overnight we were disrupted. So if you're not prepared as a business, as an individual to take on that new world, then you'll be in trouble. On that one, you know, you cannot, you can, in my opinion, you can never be too prepared. Mm -hmm. So the the trick though is how can you quickly change? How can you quickly adapt? Even if you're not prepared. Yeah, and, it, and I agree with you totally. I think that the, the, the message is that you just need to constantly be, be willing to adapt and be agile, like you said. Correct. Actually, while, while we are speaking about, about um, uh, employees from, from that perspective, a, a lot of other discussions I've had with, with different leaders have, have said that one of the key things in this time is letting the employees know that there's a way that they can help. So giving them tasks to to involve them, to be able to understand 
that they're still engaged even at a time of crisis. What, what's what's your thinking on that, and and how can leaders actually get their teams involved in helping the company come um, out of this or survive this period? In my opinion, that's completely spot on. Uh, I receive a lot of feedback from employees, and many of them, to your point, Martin, mm-hmm. are raising their hands and saying, uh, Mr. CEO, where can I help? Right. Tell me where I can help. Where mm-hmm. can I jump in? And so, you know, they, of course, the responsibility, there are too many of them saying they want to help, but the responsibility is to tell them, okay, you come up with a plan. You, you don't actually have to physically uh, be in a working group, but at least come up with a plan that yeah. you think works and send it to this working group, and then let's look at it. Uh, let's see where, you know, what is adaptable, what, what doesn't work, and so on. But you're absolutely correct. Many employees are putting up their hand to say, where can I help? Anything. Just tell me anything. Even if you want me to distribute uh, uh, face masks, mm-hmm. tell me. You know, that, that I will do that. You know, we're working on a very interesting, it's not right yet, but we're working on a very interesting um, feedback to society mm-hmm. to see how um, some of our employees can actually contribute in hospitals, basically, mm-hmm. um, which is quite novel. Uh, the other one is, even with the ticket, something that uh, really impressed me today was, you know, we have, you know, we're paying people about up to 75% or for some people, in my case, 80%. But some people raise their hands and say, listen, we know we don't have much, but what can we do to give back to society? How much can we give to the poor? Mm-hmm. I mean, that just blew me away. I mean, people who are earning 25% are saying we want to give. That's amazing. Wow. Uh, that's quite novel. Yeah. It is indeed. I guess, Alan, the question to you is, uh, in, 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 line, in, in light of all these stuff that's going on, how are you staying grounded as a leader? Yeah, so listen, I mean, of course, the, the most important thing is um, you, I, I need to at some point disconnect and sometimes it's uh, not always uh, <laughs> easy with everything going around, receiving phone calls from everyone, it's not always easy to uh, to have boundaries. Um, so, but, you know, I need to I create boundaries to say, okay, at this point, I really need to disconnect um, so that I am refreshed uh, the next moment. Um, Then the other thing is uh, just to uh, read up, to be informed, uh, make sure I understand what's going on, particularly globally, because remember for me, particularly I'm a global uh, company, so I need to understand what's going on in China and my team in China, I need to understand what's going on in the US, because there are people in the US, in Europe, and so on and so forth. I need to I need to stay uh, grounded. I need to understand what's going on. I also need to understand uh, the people. Where are they at? Um, so I'm always reaching out uh, to understand, especially I communicate a lot, right? I do a lot of communication. I have a weekly communication to the entire staff. Uh, I call them letters because I don't mm-hmm. like calling things memos. I really mm-hmm. want to feel like I'm writing a letter. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I either do visuals, uh, sort of videos. I, I do a lot of writing. Yeah, uh, but then I'm always pulsing the teams to find out: Am I communicating? Is that what you want to hear? Are you hearing it well? Uh, am I going through? Just something more you want to hear? Um, is, you know, are you clear? My understanding? Are you clear? Uh, what I'm trying to say, and so on and so forth. But I think it's important for you to be to have a pulse of the organization and understand where people are at, mm-hmm. so that you can be able to uh, bridge the gap. 
So that is communicating, talking to them, and then of course now listening is important as well. Uh, following that, they say that it's, it's very lonely at the top, um, and especially at this time where a lot of people are, are looking to to the helm of their companies for answers. And you might not have all these answers, given uh, the novelty of this sort of crisis. Have you come across resources or platforms that Kenyan or even East African leaders, uh, CEOs and other people in the C-suite might be able to tap into uh, just to be able to to share their minds, especially going through this and, and get help? Yes, we, we do have. Uh, so we have different fora. For example, we have the IATA fora where all the CEOs, uh, you know, talk to each other and, you know, kind of share their experiences and uh, where they are, you know, some of the ideas uh, come from, from that forum. We also have uh, a forum called uh, uh, Kenya Friends in Aviation. And again, these are CEOs in uh, aviation-related uh, fora. Yeah, we do the same thing. Uh, we have the same old CAPSA. Uh, it's, uh, have a similar discussion. Then we have what we call uh, AFRA. We have tourism executives, which I'm involved in as well. Uh, just kind of sharing, what are we doing? You know, what are you seeing differently? How are you forecasting the future? And so on. And then, of course, we also have uh, a lot of engagement with government. I know some CSS in particular are very engaged with private sector. Mm-hmm. And an example being like uh, CS Tourism. Um, he has a he has a forum where he invites you know the main CEOs of of the large uh, tourism uh, hotels and uh, tourist destinations, and of course myself and certain uh, aviation uh, CEOs as well. So in that discussion again, same thing, discussing trying to troubleshoot where do we need help from either business partners or government and so on and so forth. You also have to have your own mentors uh, yes. or support group that you can fall back on and have those discussions. And, and, yeah. and, and, and generally through this, this whole period um, where, you know, you've been disrupted and at times uh, you found yourself um, at home more regularly than not or out of, out of working circles. Um, I mean, for you, who's, who's a bit more of a global leader, those downtimes might be less. But even through that, are there any sort of new habits you found yourself forming? Hmm. Uh, so one of the things that I am uh, grateful for for this uh, for, for this crisis mm-hmm. is uh, b- because I don't I, some, I come like now I'm in the office but some, most times I don't come to the office mm-hmm. uh, I, I normally have a routine in the morning so I wake up uh, I do a devotion um, a meditation I read something mm-hmm. and I go for a run uh, three times a week mm-hmm. Uh, so that has been more consistent now than before. Because before, it, it had a very early morning meeting, so it was disrupted sometimes, uh-huh. and so on. So, so this, I'm grateful mm-hmm. for the crisis for aligning my life in that <laughs> manner. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, but then, uh, I remember, I mean, my daughter, you know, she, she met me once when I came for, I'd come from the office, and I sat down, and it was still, you know, it was still, I think it was 4.30 or so. Uh-huh. So I switched on my computer, and I wanted to do some more work. And she asked me a very interesting question. She said, but dad, you're home. Why are you still working? And so I've never, I've never forgotten that. I, you know, I thought to myself, they're actually watching me, whether I'm disconnecting, you know, whether I'm tagging or not. Yes. And that was just interesting. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you so much, Alan, for sharing your story and and your journey. And this season, I, we, we're truly grateful for taking the for you taking the time. Um, we continue to watch um, what's what's happening, and we really truly hope that um, we come out of this uh, this uh, crisis on the other side stronger. Um, yeah. We we're optimistic um, on African Retool. We continue to talk about the future of our world, and we're optimistic that the more we continue to. Uh, equip ourselves and not just equip ourselves but uh, put us on the right mindset of being agile being being willing to change and and adapt then we are likely to survive in a, in an ever changing world yeah thank you chris and and this is one parting shot i'd like to leave with everybody if i may yes please yes, is is just this is that uh, i mean we've talked about agility and and so on communication but, but there's one more thing which we probably didn't and this is for leaders right is please be visible be visible. In terms of crisis, the most important thing that a leader can do is to be visible to his team. Show up. You know, people need to be assured that there's someone who is bothering about things, who is uh, taking a lead. And, and that's what I've tried to, to do is just show up. Make sure people know that there is someone somewhere, right. you know, leading, showing up. They can ask yeah. questions. They can, they can vent their frustration and, and so on and so forth. So yeah. I think for me... That, that is critical. You really yeah. need to be visible as a leader. And that will be my, my parting shot. Excellent. Totally excellent. And thank you so much. And that's, that really is where we should stop because like, we can't add anything to that. So thank you thank very, you very much. much right. yeah. Thank you, Alan. Yeah. Thank you for listening in. Go ahead now and subscribe to African Retooled on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, or your favorite podcast directory. We're excited to hear from you. Send your comments and questions to africanretooled at gmail.com or reach us on Twitter and Instagram on African Retooled. Until then, keep learning, keep growing, keep retooling.